0: Welcome to 5th Draw Wild, everybody. I'm your host, Matt, and today we're wishing you a happy holiday of whatever flavor you're celebrating this festive season. We have for you this week our, uh, our closing episode of our first full year of podcasting, and uh, man, I'm excited for y'all to hear it. We've brought on a bunch of previous guests to talk about, well, I told them it was a cr- their favorite Christmas movie. Enjoy your festive day with your family, friend, or whomever and wherever you're at. And uh, hey, thanks for listening. And appropriately enough, our first guest this Christmas special is Alan Sells. Alan, welcome back.
1: Hey, thanks for having me again. So Alan, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Well, my favorite Christmas movie is a little bit obscure, I think, um, but it's Will Vinton's A Claymation Christmas Celebration. Okay. Um, what it is, is it's like 30 minutes, maybe. Um, it, was, it was originally like uh, 30 to 45 minutes. It was originally on TV. Um, but essentially, it is a bunch of Christmas Carol shorts that are done in Claymation. With an overarching story of two dinosaurs, um, a T Rex uh, named Rex and Herb, uh, a dim witted um, Triceratops. And he likes to eat. And um, it kind of just goes through and they do a whole bunch of different claymation carols. So uh, the California raisins are in it, um, all sorts of stuff. The reason it's my favorite is because. It's something that we always watched when I was a kid. And so every year when I'm decorating my Christmas tree, it's what I put on. Okay. That's real cool. So what is it? What is it that like,
0: besides just like the nostalgia, what is it that kind of makes this your favorite out of all the plethora of Christmas movies?
1: honestly i'm a sucker for claymation like i i adore claymation i think it's a it's an incredible art form um and you know there are a ton of awesome claymation christmas movies you know you have you know the year without a santa claus you have rudolph you know all the like classics but what i like about this one is that each segment is slightly different each segment Um, incorporates other things besides the claymation itself. So you have a lot of really cool artwork. You have a lot of really cool themes. Um, It just shows how dynamic the style can go. It also has my favorite Christmas thing ever, which is Carol of the Bells played on bells. So Quasimodo is directing and the entire band are bells and they have hammers and they smack themselves. Um, And the lowest bell is a dingbat. And he's stupid, and like he keeps getting distracted, and he like sees a fly, and Quasimodo gets real mad. And the end of it is uh, the dumb one gets smacked with a rock, and it's the last note in Carol of the Bells, and it's really pretty. And Quasimodo turns around to bow to the audience, and behind his back he has a slingshot, and he's just bowing. Like it's it's real cute, it's real funny, um, but yeah, it's really dynamic. Awesome.
0: And our next guest on this holiday spectacular is returning guest, Shannon.
2: Shannon, welcome back. Hi, thanks for having me back.
0: Hey, always happy to. I am not
2: going to just rant about something insane this time.
0: <laughs> Look, it's become a landmark feature now. It's it's pretty much where I defied the entire show into. No idea what I was doing to you. Oh, this is what it's about. Okay. <laughs> so if I just know, tricked
2: you and started explaining Kingdom Hearts right now?
0: I would stop the podcast and then record a buffer where I just kindly point people to you and Jake's podcast, Kingdom Smarts, (laughs) where you do that for a a whole thing. It's really great. Uh, But then I would just listen to you ramble on because that entire franchise is bonkers and I kind of love it and I don't know why. My lens of it has also been the uh, Team Four Star playthroughs of it, so I'm sure I'm getting the exact experience that the creators intended. Um, Shannon! what is your favorite christmas movie
2: uh my favorite christmas movie is actually a tv special it's opus and bills a wish for uh, wings at work uh me and like maybe eight other people know about it the guy that created it doesn't even like it but Uh, i absolutely love it and i watch it every year
0: okay uh i am not one of those eight so tell me all about this thing
2: um well it's based off a book made by Berkeley Breathe, who's the guy that did like Bloom County that um like comic strip. Okay. And it's about Opus the penguin who really wants to fly but he's a penguin so he can't and he writes a letter to Santa asking for wings at work.
0: A strong start. I'm on yeah. board. This sounds great.
2: Yeah, it's very cute. It's, like, it's super witty and funny. Like, one of the creator's complaints about it is that he didn't think his comedy style translated very well to animation. But it's still really fun and cute. And, like, it's super different from every other Christmas special out there. Okay. But, yeah, it's so it's about this penguin and his friend, Cat, that's a Bil- named Bill. And Bill's, like, really dumb. He doesn't talk. He's always eating garbage or in a garbage can or just screwing up somewhere in there.
0: I mean, that just sounds like a character that a whole lot of people can identify with just immediately.
2: Yeah, Bill's great. He's adorable. And he's like, (laughs) he's like bigger than every other character in the show, which is very concerning, especially when there's humans involved. But you just kind of let it slide because it's a cartoon.
0: Okay. Yeah, you can't really just slap real logic onto cartoons. That doesn't, that doesn't fly.
2: But yeah, so we get to deal with uh, Opus, who's kind of dealing with the fact that he can't fly, and he gets he goes to, like, a support group for flightless birds, and oh, there's, no. like, a kiwi in there that's screaming about why his uh, wife let, left him for an albatross. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. And it's actually really hilarious. Uh, this was done by um, Amblin Television, which is owned by Steven Spielberg, and at the time they were doing Hook, so there's two cam- uh, cameos from Robin Williams and Dustin Hoffman. And Robin Williams voices the uh, kiwi, and Dustin Hoffman voices a uh, cross-dressing cockroach that kind of interrupts the meeting because he mistakes it for the
0: wrong place. It's a very weird special. Perfect! (laughs) Holy crap, that sounds amazing!
2: Yeah, this special is really weird, but I love it. There's also a pig that thinks it's a rhinoceros. As you do. Yeah, there's like a little thing where he's just like, oh, you should just accept the fact that you can't fly as a penguin. Like, I've accepted the fact I'm a rhinoceros and I love myself for who I am. And he's just kind of like, no, but you're a pig. Oh, no. You know what? It's fine. Do you? And uh, there's like three seagull characters that are always making fun of him that he can't fly. So Opus goes and buys like a bunch of balloons and tries to make like a flying contraption. But Bill kind of messes it up for him and like drags him out of the sky and they like wreck the town. And Opus gets really mad and yells at Bill. Oh, which is very sad because Bill is just like the saddest looking cat. Like he's all broken, and even Opus is like, "There's something wrong with you. Like you have hair growing out of your eyes. Get out of me. You smell like old Brussels sprouts. I hate you."
0: Oh, I just want the best thing for Bill now.
2: <laughs> and uh, God, what else happens? Oh uh, yeah, um. After this is when he goes and writes the letter to Santa because the special kind of starts with him saying, "I'm writing this letter to Santa, but here's why I'm writing it." And she's like, "Oh, Bill messed up, and now I can't fly, so I want you to fix my wings, Santa." Okay. And then he has like this weird little nightmare that he's flying a plane, but it's sh- like shot in live action, and it's like super 1940s looking. And like they open the pilot, the, the plane starting to mess up, and they open the little door to talk to the pilot, and it's Opus. And they're like, oh God, it's a penguin. <laughs> <laughs> so he crashes the plane because penguins aren't supposed to fly and then he Ooh. wakes up to for Christmas day and uh, or no it's in the middle of the night that he gets woken up and the three um seagulls are at his door just like hey you have to come with us there's an emergency and they go and Santa in his sleigh has like crashed in the middle of a fr- like a um like a lake and they're like we could help but Like, cold water isn't our thing, we can't really do anything, but you're a penguin, so you can do it. So he gets to have his moment, he goes and saves Santa, not because he can fly, but because he swims in water. Oh, And that's what he's good at. And then Santa's basically just like, yeah, your wings are fine, it was courage that made you fly tonight. Like, there's nothing wrong with not being able to fly, because you do it in other ways.
0: Oh my gosh, I love this.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's super cute. And then the uh, he goes back to sleep, and the next morning, Christmas morning, all the seagulls are at his door, and the uh, Opus wears like a little red bow tie. And like earlier, when like all the seagulls are making fun of him, they're like, "What's this? A propeller, so you can try and get in the air? Uh, you can't fly." Aww. But then they're all sitting there like with the little red bow ties. They're all like adjusting it, and they take them. They take them up flying. Aww,
0: that's and, the best.
2: Yeah, and Opus is just like, "So, whose idea was it to come get me in the middle of the night?" And they're like, "Oh, those bills."
0: Oh, I love everything about this special and I'm going to track it down.
2: It is on YouTube. Yes. Yeah, I think like uh, when I was a kid, I had it on VHS because we recorded off a TV and like no one had ever heard of it. So like me and my brother were like, no, but like there's the Kiwi. That's all like there was an albatross. No one knows that. Just us. Oh, it's fine. And then I found it on DVD for, like, $12. It's only, like, 30 minutes long. And I was like, you know what? I'll buy it. I don't care. Nice. But, yeah, it's just, like, a weird little special. It's only, like, 20 minutes long, but it's super cute. And, um, like I said, it's done by Amblin Television and Universal Animation. So it looks really good. Like, it's well animated and super, like, just, like, charming and fun. And, like, it's really witty. And it's just kind of, like, a nice break from other Christmas specials that are just, like, trying too hard. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, that sounds like a ton of fun, and everyone should go find that on their nearest YouTubes. Our next guest on this Christmas special is Christina Woods, our returning guest. Christina, welcome back.
3: Thank you. Glad to be back for the holiday season.
0: Woo! So, Christina, what is your favorite Christmas movie?
3: Well, I can't really pick a favorite Christmas movie, but one of my favorite Christmas movies is called Christmas Twister, also known in some markets as F6 Twister.
0: Oh, man. Okay, run down the plot of this movie for us real quick, and we're going to talk about some stuff.
3: Okay, well, I'm going to start off by reading the IMDB Summary which is, on Christmas Day, the Texas area to the southwest of Fort Worth is struck by a massive storm system sprouting several severe tornadoes. Okay. And the, sorry for everyone who's listening to this in Texas, Uh, I promise you that it is not a personal attack by me against you, but I guess the director had some issues with it. (sighs) Uh, more, More in depth, Christmas Twister... Is about a meteorologist, a guy. Of course, he's a protagonist. He has to be a guy uh, who has always been a big, not a, not a not a proponent, but an alarmist about tornadoes. And one day he gets woken up from his sleep because there's a tornado. And then he tries to get his wife, who is a TV anchor, to report on this, but her actual. But the meteorologist at her TV station refuses to report on it because he doesn't want to be a Scrooge at Christmas and report about this life-threatening tornado outbreak. And there's there's family drama because, of course, he and his wife can't be on good terms, and their daughter is disillusioned with the family, and the son is disappointed in his dad because dad made a mistake in predicting a tornado and everyone laughed at him. And it all just goes to schlocky pieces and in a terrible collapse of green screen technology and terrible tropes.
0: What a delightful and heartwarming Christmas tale this certainly seems to be. Oh, Um, yeah.
3: It's... I should disclaim here that it's one of my favorites mostly because uh, the first time I watched it was with my dad, who is a... I'm just going to call him a tornado enthusiast. He loves weather (laughs) and... I think at one point he actually took a course to get certified as a tornado, like, recognizer, informant, something like that. So, okay. And I, we watched this movie together, and he loved it. And so, I love it. Okay.
0: I, I'm certainly not going to uh, to rain on your parade there. I, I, li- I live in Texas. I yes. have lived there for a vast majority of my life. And, uh, man, look, no meteorologist in this state will ever not report a tornado because... Oh, we know that deal, and it ain't it ain't good. Um, mm-hmm. So you, I'm also s- from
3: the Midwest. I am familiar with tornadoes.
0: Yeah, like that's not a joke. Which you don't mess yeah. around with tornadoes. Who cares if it's Christmas or not? Um, mm-hmm. You sent me. You sent me a clip.
3: I did send you a clip.
0: I, I want to describe this clip. There, there is a please, mall. Please, please do. there is a giant, very, very bad. Sci-Fi Channel original movie quality tornado that mm-hmm. is possibly approaching. It's very hard to tell what the tornado is actually doing until yes. the very end. Uh, in this mall, there are two girls. Uh, looks One like, of them is the daughter of okay. the
3: meteorologist guy.
0: Okay. Uh, and and the daughter's friend. Uh, yes. Outside, there is a boy that seems to be the bog standard um, preppy or not preppy uh jockey boy mm-hmm. You're okay correct. yeah um, everyone is panicking kind of like generic panic in the mall yes. except these two girls. Um, the boy is outside the mall um according to one camera shot no more than 20 feet away from them. Mm-hmm. And he is banging on the door trying to get in. Yes. And these girls who are no more than 20 feet away from him are yelling for to let them to let him in. They do not have anything in their hands. They are not restrained in any fashion. And they cannot <laughs> be bothered to move 20 feet. And this boy yep. gets very badly green screened, sucked into a tornado, yep. doing the dumbest scream I've ever heard. <laughs>
3: Yes, and he flails his arms, in in mock terror. It looks like something out of like a high school, like a high school homecoming dance. His flailing does.
0: <laughs> it really does. So. Um,
3: and you I... forgot one of the best parts, which is that as the terrible CGI tornado approaches, this mall bedecked with Christmas things. Uh, there are there are several seconds long shots between the boy outside and the meteorologist's daughter inside, as she just stares helplessly and does and says nothing, and he stares and does nothing from the outside.
0: Yeah, they they just basically have this staring contest, and if this yes. if the stakes on this scene had actually been real, I can imagine that at some point he'd just be like, "You're you're doing this. You're just you're gonna stand there and watch me die right now." Mm-hmm. And she's just basically like, "Yeah, yeah, I am," and my friend's gonna cry. What are you mm-hmm. gonna do about it? Yep. It's um horrifying and delightfully heartwarming.
3: Yes, I I I used the term schlocky earlier, but I will I will reiterate that just the it's it's so bad it's funny. <laughs>
0: It absolutely is. I was laughing my head off when I watched it the first time and just like, oh, oh, oh we're talking more. about that.
3: Oh, There's no. more. I didn't send you the links to the one where the farmer gets sucked up into a tornado or where the jerky meteorologist from the wife's news station is trying to go and report on the tornado. But he decides that the best place to report on the tornado is from on top of a water tower in the industrial shipping district with... Loose shipping containers just scattered all around the background of this scenic shot. I... (sighs) Okay. (laughs) The glasses have gone onto the forehead.
0: Yeah, uh, okay. (laughs) Well, this certainly is a movie. Um, Dang, Christina, I think you picked the the most banger out of all of these that we're going to be talking about. uh,
2: Yes!
4: Yes!
0: There's a couple of mystery ones that I don't know about yet, so we'll see. But man, you took me from zero to JoJo's level of facepalm real quick.
3: I will wear that crown with pride.
0: And our next guest on the Christmas Spectacular is Sky. Sky, welcome back.
5: Thank you very much for having me, and Merry Christmas and Happy Holiday to everybody. Awesome, thank you. Uh, Sky. what is your
0: favorite Christmas movie?
5: Well, I decided that I should probably talk about the best one ever made, and it, is, of course, is Jingle All the Way. No, I'm just kidding. It's uh, A Muppet Christmas Carol, which is...
0: Uh, you you just uh, swerved hard
5: on me there. <laughs> no, uh, no, it's A Muppet Christmas Carol. That movie, um, I would... I, I, There's several things in the zeitgeist where, like, if you speak English, you probably know it, and that's like, you know how Batman became Batman, you know about Santa, and you definitely have the story of A Christmas Carol down, I'm sure, because it's difficult to avoid, but A A Muppet Christmas Carol is probably the best retelling of this story that you can come across.
0: I mean, look, it's got Michael Caine (laughs) and Kermit in the same room. Yeah,
5: acting off one another, and it's great. I mean, in this movie, you see Kermit do some ice skating, and that's... So good. And eerie, but so good.
0: Uh, there's there's a whole, like, chorus Christmas song done by Muppets that's introducing just how bad Scrooge is, and at one point, the vegetables talk to you.
5: <laughs> I forgot about the vegetables. Oh, man. Uh, it's so good. It does that thing where they're just going through the city and everybody's picking up on the song like a standard Disney movie. And it's, uh, it's just delightful. Because Michael Caine plays an excellent Scrooge... I was going to call him Scrooge McDuck. Ebenezer Scrooge.
0: <laughs> okay, so uh, real fast forward here, Sky. Uh, tell us tell us what makes this one different from other versions of The Christmas Carol.
5: Well, besides the uh, obvious uh, puppets instead of people, uh, <laughs> like it's a very faithful retelling. Um, I mean, they do take some liberties, obviously, because there's puppets in it. Excuse me, there's Muppets in it. Uh, and they changed a couple of names like Fezziwig uh, is Fozziwig because it's played by fozzy Bear and uh, the M- Jacob Marley is turned into Jacob and Bob Marley because the Waldorf and Statler play him, which is a perfect choice and great. Um.
0: Oh, oh yeah, those two like they do their whole old man cackling in the balcony bit, but then they get real <laughs> serious real fast and uh this movie is. Dark.
5: It's so shockingly dark. Like, uh, Gonzo and Rizzo are the narrators because they wanted the actual prose uh, from the book in there. So they're like, well, let's have Gonzo be Dickens and then Rizzo can play off that and be the snide uh, sidekick guy who's peppering in color. And it's great. It works so well. So, like, the movie starts yeah, really with does. Gonzo saying, uh...
0: The Marlies were
5: dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, that sets that's, that's, that's the stage. And they they don't really deviate from that. And at one point, when they're meeting the ghost of Christmas Future, it gets too spooky, and Rizzo and Gonzo just dip out until the final act.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one of those things that like you you kind of hope that they'll go that direction. Um, like in the back of your head, you're like, well, these are Muppets. I want to see some levity and joy, and they're just like. Well, works is just going to carry on narrating this yeah. story and I'm the omniscient narrator and I can see everything like he's about to turn on his lights. Right now. <laughs> then he does. And then all of a sudden it's just like, oh, too spooky. <laughs> Got to go.
5: Yeah, and it's fun because Rizzo doesn't fully believe what's going on, but he's still tagging along with Gonzo. <laughs> and he keeps keep- <laughs> Yeah, he's just like the whole time
0: Rizzo is just straight up like it, they don't they don't even bother trying. It's, it he is Rizzo the Rat from the <laughs> Muppet show. It's- He's literally that guy. He's like, he's the straight man in the world gone mad. And he's like, who, what, what is,
5: you're not Dickens. You're, wait, it's what? Like, you're Gonzo, what's happening? Why are you speaking to to the fourth wall?
0: Yeah, okay, you say you know everything. Well, where's this Scrooge guy? Because he hadn't showed up yet. And he's like, oh, he's coming around the corner. Oh, that corner? Yeah, that corner? When?
5: Right <laughs> now.
0: And then music starts. And so it's like... <laughs>
5: <laughs> it, uh, it's so well executed. It's so much fun. I love the ghost of Christmas present also because he's the one that starts out as a giant dude. And as he, you know, as it goes on, he gets older and older, you know, as the day progresses, which is awesome. So he goes from this giant puppet uh, and then he gets older and they pepper in more gray. I think there was like five or six different costumes for this puppet. And uh, he gets more and more gray and he gets, he's just has this jovial, like, you just want to hug that guy. It's so well done.
0: Yeah. I mean, look the puppetry here, I, I legitimately believe that this was probably the pinnacle <laughs> of like Jim Henson Productions Muppetry team. I, I know they're still improving, still doing great stuff, but like I think this
5: was probably the best. It it is so solid and like this was actually uh Brian Henson's dick or director directorial debut to the point where Michael Caine didn't notice that this was his first time doing it, and he's like, hmm, this guy's pretty good. And when Michael Caine tells you yeah, that like, you're good, you take that compliment to the you hold on to it forever.
0: This is a solid movie, like from from all like the the side of like actual film craft. This is gorgeous.
5: Yeah, I, like Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy are the the Cratchit family. So there's Robin who plays Tiny Tim. Robin's not my favorite Muppet, but like he you know he does well as Tiny Tim as as all Muppets yeah. do. Um, but like. This is the, the first Muppet movie that doesn't have um, the Sesame Street Muppets in it. Like, There's some fraggles in it even, but like, no, uh, no Sesame Street uh, folk, which is fine, I guess. I mean, it would have been cool to see Big Bird or somebody in there, but that, you know, whatever. Um, but it's, you know, it's a very standard retelling of A Christmas Carol, but it's done in a way where all of the characters, alike, characters are likable. Because there are some tellings where you're just like, I don't care about anybody here. This guy's just a jerk, and nobody's, like... I don't know, for some reason, it's easier for me to latch on to a, a foam Playtex puppet than it is for some people.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, like, this is one where you even care about the tiny little rabbit who's singing, <laughs> who's singing carols at the door who gets a wreath thrown at his face. Like, yeah. and... that should just be a joke, but man.
5: <laughs> and at the end, that, that little bunny... Is the one who goes to get the the giant turkey, the one as big as me?
6: Well, a little bigger.
5: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, no. Uh, this is a fantastic movie,
5: and so. the the ghosts of Christmas Past uh, they shot underwater, so it has this ethereal driftiness to its robes, and it's just it. Uh, I don't know how like they they pieced it together, but it looks so good, and it's told so well, and you hear Michael Caine sing. And it's not bad. It's just unexpected. No.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a solid, solid Christmas movie. Uh, I have it waiting for me on my coffee table <laughs> to watch tonight. So, Because it's the best. Our next guest on our holiday spectacular is uh, returning guest Riley. Riley, welcome yes.
4: back. Oh, thank you! I'm always happy to be back. I, I I would set up a residency in this podcast if I could.
0: <laughs> I mean, look we've we've got we've got tons of vacancies in the in the fifth draw family housing of state. Uh,
4: <laughs> the fifth draw, uh, the fifth draw academy for wayward podcasters. Oh, man,
0: we are just. If I can make a podcasting halfway house, that would be just perfect. Um, <laughs> Riley. What uh? What is your favorite Christmas movie?
4: My favorite Christmas movie. You 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 posed this question to me, and I had I have two answers. But my true my truest favorite Christmas movie, the one I enjoy watching, like actually around Chris- Christmas time, is uh I, I like Iron Man three a lot, and I know that's a problematic because a lot of people hate Iron Man three, which those people are fools, Matt. Those people are fools. But and they, also they
5: are
0: empirically wrong it's it's a wonderful movie
4: Mm -hmm. it's very good it's very good there's a lot of you got the christmas spirit in there in the in in giving you see see a lot of giving you see a lot of hope you see a lot of learning to be true to yourself and these are all christmas themes trust me like it's just you're not wrong yeah it has everything a solid christmas movie needs in that in learning to like love your family, and sometimes you got to break away from your work to spend time with the people that mean most to you, it's it's overlooked.
0: If you really just boil it down to its raw essence, you're right. It is exactly the same as all of those millions of Hallmark Christmas movies that are literally the same movie.
4: Mm -hmm, Exactly. This one just has explosions. It even has a young kid that our main character learns from.
0: You, you, I mean look you're not wrong it's a it's a it's a little child who is in a troubled situation and just wants a dad for Christmas exactly
4: and who better to be that Cri dad than mr Robert Downey Tony Stark jr
0: I mean the the correct answer there is Steve Rogers or almost anyone else in that
4: universe I mean I'm not yeah you're you're right I Tom the, Tom Holland know, spider-man would
0: probably smart. argue against that but you know whatever
4: mm-hmm Tom Holland's Spider-Man makes a lot of mistakes and I love him for it. But maybe when he releases a maybe when there's a Spider-Man Christmas movie, which again I'd watch, maybe then oh. that can be that can move up there. But until then, he should stay out of my conversation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just rude for him to interrupt all the time, really. Exactly. Uh, so Riley, tell me about this movie in case anyone out there has not watched ah, it.
4: For those that don't know, the uh, wonderful Christmas tale of Iron Man Three takes place uh, takes place takes place around Christmas time in in the ye old month of December. Our main character, Tony Stark, is he's a troubled man who has a had a troubled past, and he's tired and exhausted, and he's not connecting with his uh, significant other the way he'd like to. Uh, pepper Potts, and uh, it's just it's and then this all comes to a head when his job as a superhero also nets him a new enemy under the name of the Mandarin. The Mandarin is a uh, turn is a uh i'm trying to think of a way to say this correctly in a way that should i spoil it?
0: Oh, i mean go ahead. I look, yeah. guys, spoilers, if you haven't seen this amazing movie, go fix yourself, but we're going to spoil the mess.
4: The mandarin is a um is a construct is created by a company in order like kind of like Andrew WK to uh pitch to the uh to a certain audience. Oh, and did
0: you just did you just yes. bring that oh.
4: That's that's If you want to go down the rabbit hole of nope. and, is Andrew W. Cave real or not, nope. like, that is a fun, fun trap. Nope. But it's much in the same way. It is the corporation. We can, we can boil down um, the people that made Extremis and the Mandarin. We can boil them down to being a corporation. We can boil them down to the commercialization of Christmas. And that and Tony Stark is just into his work making a lot of different Iron Man armors. And Pepper Potts is like, hey, yo, like – that's great and all, but we don't see we don't see each other anymore. Humans don't see each other anymore, and so once in in the style of um, twas the night before not twas the night before Christmas in the style of the Ghost of Christmas Past movie, you know the one. Um, he Christmas Carol. He yeah, Christmas Carol. He is stripped of his company, and he's shown a world in which he has to he has to work as iron man him as not iron man but as tony stark he needs to be the best he can be in that way and he does that with the help of his young friend his young uh this young boy that finds him and helps him learn to uh reconnect with his roots and at the end of that movie he destroys all of his robots that he has built and learns to spend time with his significant other which if that's not a christmas story i don't know what is
0: I mean, it is the most touching of Christmas stories.
4: It is. And it's also just a good superhero movie and the best Iron Man movie. Fight me. Literally at me. (laughs)
0: Our next holiday guest is returning guest Joe. Joe, welcome back.
6: Hey Matt, thanks for having me back on this most wonderful time of year. It's
0: the most wonderful time, I've been told reliably over the years.
6: Some would say it might be drilled into people's head any time they go into any kind of shopping boutique.
0: You know, <laughs> if only they would wait until, like, November to start putting that stuff up.
6: <laughs>
0: Maybe just the thought of that wouldn't send into a blind rage.
6: That's it, man. Once Once Halloween is dead and the cool holidays have stopped, like... It's all people want to talk yeah, about.
0: this year there was Christmas stuff up in September, so...
6: Yeah, same. We, we had, like, mince pies, like, around the same time, and fucking love mince pies. Not that early.
0: <laughs> Alright, so, um, what is your
6: favorite Christmas movie? Well, I have a brand to maintain, so my favorite Christmas movie of all time... Is JoJo's A Bizarre Christmas, Aww. where we follow the story of Jolly Star and his stand Santa Baby as um, no. we have to go all across Constantinople to Please. capture the uh, Imperial Japanese treasures while fighting werewolf Genghis Khan?
0: I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Now, so the first hour of the movie, uh, we don't need to care about. Like, it it doesn't bear anything on the actual story. Um, how about I actually talk a Christmas movie that exists and not my fan fiction?
0: Oh, thank God! Yes, please.
7: <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah. So my favorite Christmas movie is an odd one because I'll throw this out there: I hate Christmas movies, like. I'm not a great fan of Fair. families like all getting together and magic is the thing that saves everything because people can't be decent to each other. Uh, so my favorite Christmas movie is Satoshi Kon's Tokyo Godfathers, uh, which, shockingly, is an anime. Tell
0: me all about that one.
6: <laughs> this one
0: actually, I hope, is real.
6: Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I cry at it all the time, and it's very happy. So, So on Christmas Eve... Uh, three homeless people discover a abandoned baby and they basically spend the entire runtime of the movie up until I think like in universe New year's day basically trying to return this baby to its home okay and it gets weird and very action movie which they like meta say like we're not action heroes we're just homeless people <laughs> but you've got a guy like riding on the side of a truck trying to capture this baby um yeah so i guess why i like it is um first of all it's Toshi Kone, and any movie he touches is just so incredibly like directed and music cues are just so good but the thing i really like about it is like i said that i hate christmas movies because it's all about families and magic this is just three people who have awful circumstances survive together and then take it upon themselves just to do something good because this one baby will grow up without their parents unless they do anything and it's such a cool character study because each of the three like main characters are vastly different and they each have their own reasons for being homeless and it really kind of digs into you know, what A, what, like, the homeless people, like, society is like, and between all of them, like, how that kind of dynamic works, as well as, like, as they're carrying through Tokyo, like, the perception of homeless people, Mm -hmm. and how much of a dick people are, because, like, Christmas is over. We don't have to be nice to anyone.
0: Yeah, we got 365 days before we have to worry about that naughty list again.
6: (laughs) Exactly.
4: Uh...
6: Um, Yeah, I don't know how much you want to go into spoilers, but there's just so much stuff in there that's like, there's a bad guy in this movie, and she is one of the, uh, it's just so gosh darn human, and like, why she's doing what she's doing, and her family is awful. Basically, families are awful. That's the message I'm giving to you this Christmas. Be half decent to anyone around you okay that's that's my joe holiday tip
0: all right all right i this is, i'm gonna i'm gonna work really hard and wedge this right in between two like two people talking about uh how good family is and how we should love everyone this will be <laughs> yes i, I think this will be like that <laughs> midpoint palate cleanser so that'll be great um no listeners you know you know exactly what people have talked about thus far it doesn't change um, <laughs> it's been in typical fifth draw fashion just wonderful um, excellent and completely non-traditional which is so good uh, I love what these sounds like like I mean there's there's a reason why I will look at the holiday listings on the Hallmark channel and just go oh look they're playing the same movie with different actors for about a month. Oh, dear. And and because it's the exact same plot that you just described, like, people can't get along because reasons, and magic happens, and suddenly they're happy, just in time for the Christmas dinner. And that seems yep. unreasonable and unrealistic. Like, there, there's, there's always that certain point of just like, okay, well, friendship is magic, so we can do a whole lot with that, but... There's also that that uh, that point where you watch those movies and you go, people make this because their families are screaming piles of noise this time of year and they don't want to deal with it. Uh, so I, this sounds like a refreshing take, especially that whole like found family
6: thing. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's you. You only wanted to do this five minutes, and we've already been going. It's for what seven, we do here. So, yeah. So, uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. I guess <laughs> two No, no, Joe. <laughs> Bad Joe. <laughs> Shannon avoided it. So can you. Damn it. Uh Dad, yeah, so guys, go watch this movie for uh, you know, a different take on the traditional story.
6: Yep. It's yeah. It's good, wonderful, I love it, and Joe cries all the time, so you have that certification. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, and closing out our Christmas jamboree of fun, ladies and gentlemen, it's the one, the only, heavyweight hardcore champion of Fifth Draw Wild, Jake
7: Mason! They call me the cleaner for a reason. Uh, Matt, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I I've been trying to think of what my favorite Christmas movie is for a while, and it's tricky because there's a lot of good ones out there. So I'm gonna talk about one that I know nobody else is gonna talk about. That isn't good, but I love. <laughs> okay. Have you seen the the ABC Family movie, oh Christmas God. Bounty, starring Mike the Miz Mizanin? Because <laughs> it is no. it is so good. No. <laughs> it's- I, I wish this was a thanksgiving movie episode because there's only one and it's my favorite as holidays starring jenny garth um but that's not that's not here or there so i'm gonna talk about christmas bounty just because i know like people are gonna talk about the santa claus people are gonna talk about jingle all the way people are gonna ta- i mean i hate jingle all the way but still um everyone is unreasonable in that movie and drives me crazy uh <laughs> People are going to talk about Home Alone, and probably someone's going to talk about Die Hard, like you know all the all the Christmas classics. Um, so I was debating between a couple, but I'm going with Christmas Bounty. So it's an ABC Family movie. So it has a it has like a style, like it has a look. Uh, it stars WWE superstar Mike Mizanin as stars. He's like the second. He's like the number two in the movie. Okay. Um, it stars Fran, uh Francia Erasia, I'm not 100% sure how to say her name. As uh, Tori Bell, or Tor Bell, her real name that her parents named her is Tornado. Uh, her name is Tornado Bell. <laughs> she goes by Tor. Uh, her oh. parents are bounty hunters. She comes from a family of bounty hunters. Um, she left that world and kind of, be- I think, became a teacher. This is only in the beginning. And she goes back home for Christmas because, like, a mobster that her parents put away got out, and like they gotta catch, uh, him before Christmas. And like they follow like his sister, and and it's a, a lot of hijinks. There's a shootout at a at a gangster wedding at the end. Um, <laughs> another part of it is she's trying to hide her life of her like trailer trash New Jersey, uh, family of bounty hunters from her fiance, who is like a. Like, the son of an investment banker. Like, he's an investment banker himself. Like, like a very well-to-do, posh New York family. Uh, the thing I love about this is when... Uh, the guy's name is Josh. When he meets the family, he goes all in. Like, he knows he does not belong in this world, but is totally cool about it and tries to, like, hang. And nice. for his troubles... He gets shit on for the whole movie, excuse my language, on this oh. Christmas day.
0: <laughs> oh, that makes me feel sad for Josh that I don't um, know.
7: I don't like, we, I, I can talk spoilers, right? No one's yeah. going to watch this movie. No. No. Um, so in the movie, she used to date Mike Mizanin, uh, who, who The Miz plays a guy named Mikey Muscles. That's oh, his man. character's name. So it's he's Mikey literally muscles. playing
0: himself but trailer trash?
7: Like a like a like a bounty hunter from New Jersey version of of The Miz. It's oh, pretty no. good. So they used to date and they stopped dating because she like left to go to New York and he stayed in, in New Jersey to to hunt bounties. New Jersey and oh,
0: America's
7: trash pile. I mean, look, hey. I am I am a big fan of New Jersey. I like I like the place. It smells real bad if you're on any highway. <laughs> but I, I just have a thing for Jersey girls that I can't explain, and so for that reason, that New Jersey will always get a free pass from me. Okay. Um, but they, like, she goes back. Josh is, like, skinny investment banker guy. is like, meets her ex-boyfriend, Mikey Muscles, and is just, like, not threatened. Like, he, it's... Josh is the best character in the movie. Like, he's a good dude and gets no like gets nothing to show for it because at the end of the movie she goes with the miz instead of josh who was just kidnapped by gangsters that they had to save him from and they save him and she's like hey i'm i'm actually still in love with mikey muscles and josh is like i mean you gotta do what you gotta do like he's like "Eh, it kind of stinks but like all right i get it and he's like oh this poor guy this poor guy. I really just kind of hope he stumbled into like a, a
0: Hallmark Christmas movie immediately after that, where he oh, found some good small town girl.
7: So. Him, like he, yeah, he he, uh, he meets Summer Glau, <laughs> the, like a nice small town girl in a nice Hallmark movie. Uh, yeah, it would be real great. There is a moment in the beginning of the movie where I don't remember the context because I haven't watched it since last year, where she... He says, like, like I want you to do something. Or she wants him to do something for her. And he's like, I mean, yeah, I, I guess I could. And then she's like, if you do. And then whispers in his ear. And he's like, you could do that for me? And it's, it's never said, but it's totally butt stuff. Like, there's no way that she's not like, I'll do butt stuff. Like, there's 100% zero chance that it's anything but that. Because of the way that he responds to it. And at the end of the movie, she breaks up with him because she's like, I over, like, you know, she's like, I overpromised. I can't, I can't can't deliver. I can't deliver. And Rocky Muscles just
0: wants someone who's going to be really impressed at his muscles all the time.
7: Yeah. uh, But it's like a real fun movie. And it's like, you know, it's an ABC family movie. You know what you're getting into. But it's real fun. And it's, it's, uh, it's one that I go back to. I watched it twice in a row uh, a couple years ago. (laughs) <laughs> well, two days in a row. I didn't like end it and go, you know what I need again right now? Another helping of Christmas <laughs> Bounty. Uh but yeah, it's a it's a good time. Go check it out. I don't know where you can find it. It used to be on Netflix, but then when ABC Family turned into freeform, all of the ABC Family movies evaporated. So um just do a Google. I'm sure you can you can track it down somewhere. Awesome. Well, thank you, the champ. Yes. It's been a good it's been a it's good to be king. <laughs>
0: You can find us on the internet at fifthdraw.com, follow us on Twitter at fifthdraw, or email us at social at fifthdraw.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt Hoodley. If you enjoyed this episode, why not give us a rating and a review, or maybe tell a friend? Getting the word out helps us immensely. Our music is Arcade Montage by Lee Roosevelt and can be found at the Free Music Archive. That's all for this week. We hope you'll join us next week for another episode. And hey, thanks for listening.